0: Live from the heartland
1: and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today.
0: In the last week or so, we've seen major outbreaks of COVID-19 among uh, the elite in DC, including Democrats in Congress, the Biden administration. How does it feel to read about that news, knowing that the administration has been so critical of your approach to the pandemic? So just let me say very clearly to all Floridians, you just saw Philadelphia impose an indoor mandate. You're gonna have potentially some of these other deep blue jurisdictions go back to restrictions and mandate. You look what's happening in Shanghai, they have everybody under a brutal lockdown. So I just want to be very clear, as long as I sit in the chair in which I sit, no Floridian will be restricted, mandated, or locked down in any possible way. And so when you see some of these folks who want to impose that, and let's just be clear. You look over the last two years, there is a cottage industry that was developed of lockdown politicians and media personalities who would either impose or support lockdown policies in their jurisdictions or advocated on their TV shows, criticize Florida mercilessly, and then the first chance they get to get out from under the yoke of those bad policies, you see them in Miami or Palm Beach or all these other places. And if I had a dollar for every lockdown politician that escaped their own policies to come to our free state, I would be set for life. That's just a fact. Now, some people will say, "Oh, they're they're hypocrites." All this stuff. Yeah, it's too
1: good. It's too good. Governor Ron DeSantis just laying it down because Philadelphia is going to do this. They're going to impose mass mandates again, and then you have got these politicos who are absolutely convinced this is a guy who runs by a uh, coordination, COVID coordination for for Biden. And and I meant it when I said earlier. I think everything is still on the table. That includes lockdowns. These people never learn. They're criminally insane. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, how you doing? 833, got Tony. Eight three three four six eight is all eyes to the skies because here in Indianapolis, we are watching the weather. Now, what we've got right now uh, on the circle there, Monument Circle, 40 Monument Circle, where the Emmes Building is, is uh, no rain. I mean, Producer Ari, you're right there. You can look out over the circle. Is is there rain? Nothing yet. Is there a light drizzle, perhaps? If there is, I can't see it from the studio, but perhaps. Right. In In, in Carmel, Indiana, there is a light drizzle. Light. And as long as the rain is staying light and we're not getting any heavy downpours... The energy still remains for the possibility of these larger storms later on. And if it stops raining altogether, even the drizzle, it continues to build. We start seeing sunshine. That heat builds these storms. And so what we're expecting are the possibility of tornadoes. We don't know if they're going to come. I mean, you never know if it's going to come, right? You just, you just have no clue. Uh, then then you've got the winds. Now, the winds are, are the big one. The winds are where it's at, where you've got the possibility of 70, 75 mile an hour winds. So everybody is certainly paying attention to that one. Hail is not so much the problem of where we are, the Donut Counties. Um, flooding, well, that's that's always a problem. Flooding is absolutely, positively always a problem because what we have right now, if looking at at the radar, is 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 the basic stuff. We've got basic, good old fashioned rain, like like the radar is like just that, that green, not even not even dark green, just little bits of green and there are little bits of, uh, uh, of mostly green, little bits of dark green, a little bit of, of, of yellow that might pop up. It's when four o'clock hits and we get this first line of storms and then we get following up with another line of storms, that's six or seven o'clock. That's where the heavy stuff is. So even the, 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 the risk, we are all, all the donut counties are under this advanced or, or this enhanced risk um, area. So you've got uh, the southwest Evansville area and up through French Lick that is in this like, like hey, uh, it's going to get super, super ugly. So the timing of these storms are from 4 to midnight, um, and they don't know that there's that line at 7 p.m., is it 6 p.m., what, whatever it is. And temperatures will be going up throughout. So this is what we're dealing with right now, and this is what we're keeping an eye on. And we're going to keep an eye on it throughout uh, the entire day, but we're going, to, we're going to hit some of the other subjects, and one of the other subjects is the absolute madness of what's going on with people and COVID. The idea that there are these uh, uh, outbreaks, right, and, and, and you're seeing maybe COVID spread here or spread there, have we asked ourselves what we're dealing with here? you tell me things like Omicron? because omicron isn't deadly at all it is not that someone hasn't died from it it's that it's it's not deadly it just isn't so why in the world would we even think of going to any level of mandate even if it was deadly the mandates didn't stop anything and didn't make lives better as a matter of fact if we've learned anything uh, uh about uh covid uh, 19 is that uh covid 19 cuz we have now the data increased increased the amount of stds in america life uh finds a way gonorrhea syphilis they both went up but chlamydia did uh, go down um and uh and that For that, we can remain ever thankful. That's right. Tornadoes and chlamydia in the same show. Try and get that at NPR. There were moments in 2020 where it felt like the world was standing still, but STDs weren't. This according to Dr. Jonathan Merman, director of the CDC's National Center for HIV, viral hepatitis, STD, and TB prevention. That's his job title. That's his job title. CDC National, Director of the CDC National Center for HIV, Viral Hepatitis, STD, and TB Prevention. That's what he grew up wanting to be, by the way. That was, that was the lifelong dream. Well accomplished. Well accomplished. All this is because so many people didn't go see doctors. We have yet to really understand the amount people are hurt because they didn't go see a doctor during COVID, uh, the, the, the skin cancer that was left to fester, the, the diseases that were left to fester, the heart conditions that were left uh, to, to fester. Absolutely. Oh, we have no understanding, none whatsoever, no understanding of exactly the damage we have done to ourselves. But for many of us, we have an understanding that we did damage to ourselves, and what we're saying is, yeah, we're not going to do that again. We're not going to harm ourselves again. We're not going to harm our kids again. We're not going to make it, um, you know, possible for you to keep my kid from from learning again. That's what we have decided. But they, because there is a difference between we and they, right? They are, are these people in, in elected positions. I don't think they've learned that. The mayor of Philadelphia hasn't learned that. Definitely the governor of, of Pennsylvania, is that Tom Wolf, hasn't learned that. Do I believe that the mayor of Indianapolis, Joe Hogsett, or the governor of Indiana, Eric Holcomb, have learned this lesson? If they got told by, uh, by a doctor who works for them, well, we're going to have to shut everything down. You don't think for a second they'd go, no, it's a terrible idea. Or would they go, absolutely, shut it all down. My gosh, I still get paid, right? I still get a paycheck no matter, okay, great. As long as I get a paycheck no matter what, then we can shut it down. Tell the bars and the restaurants to kiss my butt. They can't open up. Cigar lounges, Maybe not in this lifetime. No, no, no. But the newspapers can stay open because very importantly, they print what a good job that I'm doing shutting everything down. I like reading how I do a good job. It makes me happy. What do you think's going to happen? And then we got to get into this conversation of whether or not we're going to fight the people engaged in the shutdowns. But it's it's not going to happen. No one's going to fight. No one's going to stop. No one's going to open up in the face of being fined and this and that and the other because we, we saw it. I want to have faith in people, and I, I will admit that I still do. But until you're willing to stand up, until you're willing to fight, until you're willing to bleed a little, it uh, ain't going to happen. What do I mean by bleed a little? I'm going to try and get into that today. I did a, I did a talk uh, in, in Richmond, uh, Indiana, which is right near the Ohio border, Wayne County, I did a talk uh, for their Republican uh, Lincoln Day dinner. Link- Republicans have these Lincoln Day dinners, and a chance for everyone to get together and eat bad chicken, although the chicken was lovely. Producer sorry, you, you, you would have enjoyed it. You would have been like, this is some fine chicken. I That's like what, chicken fingers. Been, yeah, they weren't chicken fingers, no, no. no. Oh, no. well, there, I'll give it a try. There was a gravy thing uh, going on, and it, 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 it was lovely it was the salad was plentiful beforehand there was cheesecake it was it was a lovely lo- could he used more bourbon that's probably my only my only thing and i gave a talk about uh, literally about the tree of liberty and bleeding and it's I've, I've never, ever done that talk before. And as going through it, there are a couple of things I need to work on it and kind of polish that. But this it is a, it is going to be now the basis for a lot of things that I talk about. So I, I, will, I will get into that. The point is, I don't know who's going to stand up to a governor, to a mayor who says you got to lock down and say, go to hell. And when the cops show up, tell the cops, nah, why don't you go actually do your job and let me do mine? Remember, police officers that went to churches and took down license plates, of people who showed up at church during COVID. I, I, I am I am a pro cop guy. I am helping with with a fundraiser for an officer who got shot in in the line of duty, survived serious damage to his Adam's apple and to his voice box. I'm participating in helping to raise money for that. But if you're a cop who took down license plates, during covid at churches because oh you weren't allowed to go to church man there's a place in hell for you well call in get angry what what, what am i supposed to do worry you took down license plates numbers you might as well be part of the chinese communist party you tell your superiors to kiss off and you don't do it i did a whole thing at the time about how you you know you would have taken them down but would you believe it you didn't bring a pencil Oh, my, how embarrassing. I didn't have a pencil. I had a pencil, but it broke. Ah, oh, the cheap lead, the Chinese lead. Boom, it broke. I couldn't believe it. And then I, I I turned to my partner, like, you got an extra pencil? And they were like, I thought you had the extra pencil. And, oh, did we have a laugh. Meanwhile, we don't remember any of the license plates. We think one of them had a niner in it. That's what you do. That's how you, handle these things. Fighting back is extremely, extremely important. But these people don't learn. Because just like we see from Disney... There, it's it's this little circle of people, this little cabal that they're all trying to impress and, and, and engage with, and they don't actually care about the rest. That's obvious. It's easy to say. It's a low-hanging fruit to say, oh, they don't care. And remind me, when I talk about this talk that I gave in Wayne County, I'll tell you about the low-hanging fruit from some of the politicians there. Hoo-hee-hee. That was something. I get it. It's low-hanging fruit to say they don't care. If after all this time you can still consider mask mandates and lockdowns, you don't actually care. You're a scared, scared little child who knows nothing about science and doesn't give a damn about science and would rather screw people over than pay attention to science. That's all there is to it. Meanwhile, we are keeping our eyes on the skies, keeping our eyes on these potential storms coming through and coming our way. I've got more for you. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. so funny we're having this conversation about the insanity of mandates and the weakness in continuing them. And here's the Biden administration just getting announced extending the transportation mask mandate for an additional 15 days. It was going to expire April 18th, and now it's going to expire, what is that, May 3rd? Yeah, May 3rd, which stinks because I fly at the end of the month. I was like, "All right, no masks." It's absolutely, positively insane that he would do this. The airlines don't want it. The airlines have already said that they, uh, they're moving the air so much it's not necessary. It's as uncomfortable as the day is long, and it doesn't do anything. And uh, by the way, uncomfortable. Lasting forever and doesn't do anything, there's no other way to describe the Biden administration. Just none. None whatsoever. In the meantime, Governor Abbott living up to his word. He actually put the people on the bus. Jen Psaki still without statement. A bus arrived from Texas in Washington, D.C., With illegal immigrants on it, because Governor Greg Abbott of Texas said, whoa, you're just going to drop people off in the state and not do anything about it? You know what? I'm going to drop people off in D.C. You figure it out. So he put illegal immigrants on a bus and uh, dropped people off. Here you go. Blocks from the U.S. Capitol. People came out one by one. Family units came out together, checked in with officials, and had wristbands they were wearing. Uh, And they were cut off before they were told they could go. And they were like, hey, uh, now you're in D.C. Have a nice day. It's stunning to see people who are like, how dare he? Well, why shouldn't D.C. have to deal with what's going on? Why shouldn't Joe Biden have to deal with his actions? Why should Texas just have to take it? Why should New Mexico or Arizona or California just have to take it? What's the argument here? That's the price you pay? Farmers and ranchers should lose their land, lose their lives, live under constant threat because the nation won't protect the border? What happens as the cartels get stronger and stronger and get more willing to come into the US? Are the are US homes going to have to give up land? It's a question. They're going to they're gonna have to give up, you know, a quarter mile, a half mile, this many acres, whatever the case may be, because, you know, this it, is the cartels, you don't want to anger them, just leave them be and let them take a little bit of the land, it's okay. What happened to that moment? Oh, is that already happening? Who's in charge at the border? And why do these people in D.C. make this assumption that somehow everybody else just has to accept it, that they won't do anything about it? I love this move and maneuver. Now it was Jen Saki who said it was a stunt. I'm like, yeah, it's a stunt. What does that matter? What does that matter? It's a stunt. It's exposing your failures. By even saying it's a stunt, it, it brings people to, well, why would they have to engage it if they weren't having the problem? Everything about this looks bad for Jen Psaki. Everything about this looks bad for Biden. This is not a well-oiled machine, this administration. But there are more things going on than just uh, things with Biden. Chris Wallace is unhappy. And then a, a guy wants to fight me. I, I, I shared the story earlier. I got to share it again because he does not understand what I was saying at all. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Producer Ari has never had Garrett Popcorn out of Chicago. And so I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to be in Chicago for, for a, a, a quick second tomorrow, and uh, I'm, I'm going to bring him some back. And I said, you, you do the mix. You do the, you do the cheese and, and caramel. And he's like, you eat that together? And I'm like, oh, oh, dear, sweet, dear, sweet, sweet Ari. How how have you gone this long without knowing how good this is? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It, I mean, it's 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 that good. It is it is that that good. So I I I will I will bring you some back. I will bring you some back from my time in Chicago. We are keeping our eyes on the weather. Marcus Bailey, meteorologist with Wish TV right here in Indianapolis. And Marcus, we have been talking about the fact that the less rain that we have, the more strength the storm can have when it hits. We were expecting some, some bigger rains in the morning, and what yep. we got was really nothing in the Indianapolis area. And now we see maybe a little bit of drizzle happening, a, a slight rain, but not the kind of rain that would make us think it's going to take power out of the storm. What are we looking at right now, and when do we expect the big hits to come?
2: Well, we're still kind of keeping an eye on. So what, what's going to trigger uh, the severe weather risk is going to end up being a cold front that moves through the state of Indiana probably closer just after dinner time. And and to your point, you mentioned you need some driving force with that. And there's a lot of ingredients that go into a severe weather situation like this. But you're right. The the rain and the lack of sunshine kind of helps to stabilize the atmosphere. So as we're speaking right now, you mentioned we're not getting a ton of rain. We've had on intermittent showers from time to time. But what I'm also keeping an eye on here, Tony, is the fact that we really haven't seen a whole lot of sunshine either. And that's really what kind of helps to juice the atmosphere back up or, or recharge it, I guess, would be kind of a, a better way to say that. I think we still have a window that that can happen between now and, say, around dinnertime, because I think the window of opportunity for severe weather, the best time you have some of these dynamics for some really nasty storms is probably going to be around Four or five PM, the early window, all the way through around midnight. So certainly, still, excuse me, still very much in play. Um, Even if we just get a little bit of sunshine, it doesn't take much to kind of juice the atmosphere back up.
1: So we we have basically we can start seeing the harsh stuff at four, but we we have two sets of harsh things we're going to see. Well, I, I think you're getting rain and storms in kind
2: of two rounds. And it can't be ruled out that maybe there's an isolated, uh, severe possibility between now and, say, around 4 or 5 o'clock. But I think the main event is and has always been uh, this, this line that is eventually going to evolve along the cold front that's, that's going to move through for the early to mid-evening hours. Just looking down on what's happening now – Southern Illinois, southeastern Missouri, parts of Arkansas that are attached to this cold front, they're already dealing with some tornado watch boxes right now. Um, so we have just kind of the like cloud cover and the showers overhead. There is a bit of clearing taking place out in Illinois. So that's where we're going to have to watch between now and, say, around 4 or 5 o'clock. Again, just a little bit of sunshine can help to kind of destabilize the atmosphere, and that can really get the line of storms going now. If we stay cloudy and we have kind of this intermittent drizzle from time to time, it kind of lessens our risk. But I still think there's enough dynamics that you could still have some pretty gusty storms. Uh, maybe not as bad as what we initially anticipated, but still could have a few warnings out there um, in that time frame of around four or five o'clock tonight to around midnight.
1: Talking to Marcus Bailey of Wish TV, wishtv dot com. This this front has been going on for a while. I mean, they were they were talking about it in Iowa, I believe it was uh, yesterday. Exactly how big is this thing, and when it gets past us, does it just disappear?
2: Yeah, well, it'll move east eventually, and and you're right. It's it hasn't really moved a whole lot. You think back to Monday. This has been a multi-day severe weather outbreak essentially, where we had. Uh, tornadoes near Little Rock, Arkansas uh, that did some damage on Monday. Uh, There were tornadoes spotted down in Texas uh, associated with this front um, as it was kind of back building and uh, getting itself together again. Yesterday, there was also numerous severe weather reports out toward Iowa. So kind of now the focal point is, and we're on the northern end of the stronger part of this severe weather risk, Tony. So we're are dealing with a moderate risk, uh, to better put that in, 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 in easier terms, it's a level 4 out of 5. In southwestern Indiana, most of our state is in under enhanced risk, which is a level 3 out of 5, meaning that there's a good chance for some scattered severe storms. So this line will move through uh, during the evening hours. It will move east, but I think it loses a lot of its punch, so it won't have the severe dynamics, say, along the eastern seaboard that it's been kind of creating here for the first half of the week. But tomorrow will, or today, uh, tonight more specifically, will be kind of the last of this, this front that's going to be moving through in terms of severe weather action.
1: Marcus Bailey of Wish TV, I appreciate taking the time. We will check back in with you as the day progresses. Marcus Bailey, thank you so very much. Uh, I, I wanted to tell the story about the guy who wanted to fight me. I I I I just it's very very uh, interesting that I would get a a Facebook message like this. I was surprised by it because it was clear that they haven't understood what it is that I'm saying, and and I discussed it on, on my morning show. But I wanted to. I wanted to bring it back up because, well, a, I wanted to make sure I it it got out there. I wanted to make sure that this person heard me. I'm not using names. That's that's crazy. I would would never do such a thing. Um, But the message that I got was, um, "I am the father of a transgender daughter. Today, you said you would fight me in the streets. Name the time and place. Words have meaning." Now, did I ever say I want to fight this guy in the street? Of course not. Never said it, never once, never ever. What I have said is that people who try to sexualize children, people who are are teachers who are trying to engage in propaganda with children, people who actively engage in allowing children to decide their medical decisions, who believe that children should have agency over themselves, who believe that parents have no place in deciding what is best for their children, those people should be fought in the streets. You have a child who feels a certain way. That's your family. I have no opinion or thought to that. I do have an opinion or thought to whether or not a nine-year-old should be allowed to take puberty blockers, and the answer is no. And yes, I do believe that saying yes to that is child abuse. I believe that to be true, and I'm not going to shy away from that. But my conversation has been about the, the, these teachers that are out there engaged in some absolutely radical, radical conversations.
0: Hi, my name's As, and I'm a preschool teacher. So my classroom celebrates diversity. It's probably my favorite thing to teach. We usually use kids books to talk about this kind of thing. Recently we started wearing pronoun pins and the kids get to pick a new pronoun pin every day. We have some that pick like she, her every single day and we have some that change it up. So diversity is really important in my class. So I recently realized that there's a whole lot of really amazing figureheads and people to look up to in this world who aren't white or straight or male or have what have you, and that we should learn a little bit more about these people.
1: You really think that this teacher who is letting uh, preschoolers choose their pronoun of the day, and clearly has a hatred of white men. You you think that's someone who should be uh, teaching kids? I'm asking, do you think that's someone who should be teaching kids? She doesn't believe in diversity. She absolutely does believe in indoctrination. I don't know, maybe she says she's a he. I don't actually know anymore how some people are, are doing things. I do know that I won't play the game. That's not a teacher. That's an indoctrinator. That's a propagandist. That's dangerous. And no, they should not be teaching children. I got to meet you on a street corner for that? I think we should agree on that. I'm only hoping we agree on that. That is not someone who should be teaching children. Now... I, I've got more on this subject because we've got some, some more of it to cover, but it, it, was, it was important for me to share this because I, someone can have a child who feels a certain way, man, you and your child, I don't get a say in that. I do get a say in a society whether or not it decides that children can determine their gender and they can't. They cannot. Now, I want to say it on a society level. I don't actually want to engage legislation. It's Alabama that has said that you cannot prescribe puberty blockers to children. As I said yesterday, if you had been listening, uh, that I, I have some issue with this because I am not a doctor and I do not know if there are any other conditions by which you would want to prescribe a puberty blocker for a child. But if you tell me that a child at the age of nine or the age of 16 says, no, 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 I'm a boy or I'm a girl and I'm going to take this medicine and I'm going to change physically the way I look, that is child abuse. In my view, I will apologize to no one, not you, sir, nor your child, for my point of view. I will not do it. A point of view doesn't exist because you have it and then you're confronted with something like, oh, I guess I can't say that i'm not saying it to for shock value i am saying it for the sake of protecting children because it must be said and done and the people who want to abuse children the people who want to indoctrinate a four-year-old the people out there who think that three-year-olds can determine their their own gender Hi, I'm a queer teacher and I 1,000% do not support this
2: bill. And yes, I do know what's in it. The bill in itself is just another way to stigmatize the LGBTQ plus community. Kids as young as three and four are actually aware of their gender identity, even if they don't have the language for it. So very aware of who they like and who they don't like. Heterosexuality is pushed on our kids on a daily basis at a very young age. Media, through books. The first Disney movie that you saw say that pre-k through third grade are not ready for such topics is actually internalized homophobia and transphobia
1: that is a desire to sexualize children because this teacher says that it's internalized homophobia i'm supposed to somehow not recognize facts this teacher's a damn fool a damn fool Because the argument is, you think a four-year-old actually knows what any of it means? Of course they don't. And what happens when a four-year-old grows out of something? (gasps) You can't say that, Tony. I did because it happens, which is why you don't do things to children that are irreversible. Only now in society can you get to a moment where somehow standing up for children is the wrong thing to do. Well, those people are wrong, and I think we have to fight those people in the streets if necessary. By the way, another teacher I wouldn't allow near children. Because the desire is to sexualize children. The, the desire is to engage propaganda to children, to get them to think your way. Children, if they are so smart, they don't need that. But they can't act upon it. That's the issue. So you and I are not going to get into a fight, sir. That's just not, that's just not going to happen. But you having a child who is X, Y, or Z doesn't change how I view things. Me having a child that is X, Y, or Z doesn't change how I view facts. I didn't say you don't love your children. As a matter of fact, I've gone out of my way to remind people that you aren't mean to children. You don't insult children. You love them. But the teachers, the unions, adults who want to do this to kids, yeah. They need to be pushed back upon. I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm Tony Katz. So Chris Wallace is unhappy. Chris Wallace was Fox News. He was Fox News Sunday. That's a that's a big show. That's a big deal. But oh, the people at Fox they were just they were just letting letting him down, and they weren't doing their job properly. And he just he couldn't stay, so he left for another multi million dollar gig at CNN. But he left. He left for uh, Zucker. That's who he left for. He didn't. He didn't leave. Uh, you know, he, he was going to work there, and Zucker was going to take care of him. And and the next thing, you know, uh, Zucker's out because uh, Zucker, it turns out, was taking care of a uh, one one of the staff. That's what Zucker was doing. And when I say taking care of, I mean, you know, taking uh, taking care of. So now Zucker's gone. And Cuomo's like, well, what's going to happen to me? Well, you've been relegated right now to CNN+, where you have maybe 10,000 users and nobody is interested in you. So he's complaining daily. He is upset daily. He's having his staff count how many promos are being done for his show on CNN+, that streaming service, daily. And he's threatening to leave. He wants his own show. Part of Chris Wallace's problem, of course, is that he thinks that he's important. It happens a lot. Uh, people, they, 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 you know, they figure they show up on TV every day. They must matter. Brian Stelter believes he matters. I thought people would have learned this lesson, like 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 uh, conservatives who were like, "Oh, you can't vote for Trump," and they were they were they were going to tell you how Trump was bad. And remember this? This was before uh, the election. And then they quickly learned, wait a second, the people aren't listening to me. They had to learn that they were not conservatism. This still has Bill Kristol wetting himself every night. Can't believe that he was the stalwart of conservatism and and, and look at him now, just a, a never Trump mess. Conservatism didn't change. It's still right there. It's about recognizing reality in many, many ways. Bill Crystal certainly did change. Chris Wallace was never that popular. CNN took him because it was a screw you to Fox. No one cares if he has a show or not. He doesn't move the needle at all. He's disappointed. He, he signed the deal with the devil. I'm Tony Katz.